0: blog talk radio
1: to bring you this afternoon edition of Technology Expresso Radio. I'm going to be your host today, and I have a special guest with me, Coop of d 2 t Training, and then we're here to talk about business analysis insight. This is going to be a live calling show, interactive Q&A. So thank you, everyone, who's on the line with us, and to those who are listening via your laptops, whether it's at your desk, Again, this is an interactive show, so if you have a question for either myself or Coop, all you have to do is press 1 if you've dialed into the show. If you're online and tweeting, you can just use hashtag BizTechLiveChat, that's B-I-Z-T-E-C-H, LiveChat, and we'll be taking those questions as well and sharing those with Coop. So, thank you, and thank you for joining us. So, let me jump right in. First of all, Coop, welcome to the show. Excited to have you.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me, Jacqueline. This is great. You know, I was just telling my mom I was doing this radio show, and I, she told me that I uh, I had a face for radio. So, this is perfect. This is Perfect. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And you've been on our show before, but now we're kicking off something slightly different. This is going to be a reoccurring series that we're going to do, and um, we're going to open it up and let the audience kind of drive the questions. But since this is our kickoff, I want to give them some context of how this particular segment came about. And also to allow you to kind of share a little bit of your background, because I learned some things about you as we started setting up for the show. So I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and share with your audience kind of how your role to being a business analyst is paved with STEM, which, as um, our audience may or may not know, relates to something that Technology Express so promotes around science, technology, engineering, and math education.
2: So why don't you tell us how your background relates to STEM? All right. Great. Uh, I'd love to. And, you know, growing up, I don't know if they they used the uh, the term STEM to, to define those topics. But in high school, that was around the area I loved. Um, I loved math and I loved science. Those are the two subjects that um, probably the only two I did well in. The other, the other few I didn't do as well. But I really loved math. Um, and especially getting into um higher end math uh more than science but uh I didn't know what I wanted to do going into college so my dad said well you got into this accounting degree at a university you love math people always need accountants you'll always have a job so why don't you go become an accountant so I said okay well you know I love math I love that type of work so why not so I I went on to get my accounting degree I graduated realized, well, I have to, or I should be using my degree in some form or fashion and started working as an accountant at different places. And it really wasn't my thing. It didn't excite me. Um, I didn't like, you know, I was working in financial analysis and doing things and it was a a monthly, quarterly, year-end grind that I I didn't like the pattern of the work. Um, And uh, you know, honestly, I I failed the CPA exam miserably. so um i thought there's got to be something better what else you know could could i enjoy and um i was really having a good time working with it teams implementing systems financial systems and an opening came up as a reporting analyst and a business analyst so so i jumped at the opportunity not really knowing exactly what it was about um but i i was given the position because i had a lot of subject matter expertise and kind of that kind of sparked and started this, this whole path for me. And I really fell in love with the the position and, you know, now the president of B2T training, uh, which is a learning organization focused in business analysis. So, you know, I'm out there every day uh, talking about business analysis and helping people get better. So the, the connection though, and what I love about this, you know, um, with about this radio show and, and my background and how it fits, you know, in math, I guess how math and science has helped me be a better BA over the years. Um, math, to me, at the higher levels of math, you know, higher end algebra, calculus, statistical analysis, all that stuff um, is about problem solving and kind of taking – looking at a situation and figuring out how do we solve this problem, looking at what you have in front of you um, and trying to to decipher how you get to the answer. Um, and that – in my opinion, is a lot what analysis is about. It's it's about looking at information that organizations have, problems that they have, and how do you take in all this information? Because there's a lot of stuff that you can work on in organizations, but you have all this stuff. How do you determine how to move forward and how to prioritize? And that, um, that math background has really helped me. Um, on the science side with experimentation, It's the same thing. You start to get information about an organization, and you have to start to make some hypothesis to see, um, is this a path that we should take? Should we go down that area? Um, So it's an experimental type thing. It's not a – uh, you know, it's not a finite science where if this happens, that happens in organization. So you have to experiment and try different things. So I think there's a pure connection. I think if, you know, a lot of kids, and I talk to my kids, like my son's really good in math, uh, my daughter's really good in math and science, and they're not sure, but they're like, why would I ever use this in the real world, right? Um, and I think this is an example, you know, if you study um, – in these fields, it, it can help you clearly in the business analysis space.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and I'm I'm chuckling as you're talking about because we we talk with a lot of students. We speak at various panels, um, and one of the things that I have found is that young people, when you go to college, you know, they're they're influx and they don't know exactly what they like, what they don't like. And with that said, you know, uh, sometimes going to college and the degree you choose is helps you find out what you don't want to do or, or what's not <laughs> right for you. So when you said you kind of went in first with uh, accounting, but, um, you know, there's that silver lining because it comes together over time as you get to know yourself and know what your options are. And that's one of the things that we try to do in Technology Express was just exposing young people to their their various options. So that in of itself is something that our show does. But um no, let's great. talk about also let's talk about also, you know, when you and I we, we've had some really good in-depth conversations and and we kind of had this aha moment, we're like other people need to hear this and maybe even chime in right. on some of the things that we've experienced, we've been uh, you know, that we've been coming across. Because we've watched business analysis, um, been a part of it myself even, you know, over the last 10, 15 years. It evolves. And some of the problems that we see, they're, they're common. And not just to the IT industry. So we were like, we seem to just be having these convers these good conversations and these valuable, you know, pearls of wisdom and keeping them to ourselves but to kind of kind of share and expose a broader audience. So that's why I was really excited when we talked about doing the show and um, bringing both our audiences together. So um, maybe even from your perspective, when we started talking about this, what, what came to mind when we uh, first talked about bringing our two audiences together?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, for me, when we had that aha moment of, you know, I think, there was a period where it seemed like every week we were having hour, hour and a half long conversations and about business analysis and the challenges organizations were having or individuals were having um, and those uh, how that conversation just organically started to form to, to different topics here and there. And we realized that, you know, it's not um, – it's not just so maybe we started with one specific situation of a discussion that I had with a client or you had, you know, with one of your students in class or we had, at, you know, with a consulting engagement or something. It it kind of blossomed to, you know, everybody um, is probably struggling in some form of fashion with these things. So let's let's expand the conversation, not just to you and I, but to allow you and I to have that conversation to a broader audience and bring that audience into the mix and let them ask questions and chime in on the topics as well as well um, I think then you know a lot of our clients that we work with are part of within the IT organization but but these things around analysis um, and you and I were having the conversation earlier about having a BA mindset right that uh, my view is everybody at all levels in every organization, whether it's from an entry level position, somebody just you know brand new to an organization, to the the C level, the, the highest levels of an organization, or even an entrepreneur, um, these are the same battles, right? It because analysis is about trying to identify uh, an opportunity or a problem uh, or a situation within an organization that needs to improve and then figuring out what's the the route to take to improve that and what's going to add the most value and how we should how we should prioritize our time um and our money problems to go after or which opportunities to go after
1: exactly exactly and and so we're also looking at you know As we talk, and as I've been talking to people, because I also um, work with a lot of entrepreneurs and um, some various organizations, women and entrepreneurs, um, and then just a a broader group of of people that are entrepreneurs. And one of the things is that I find that there's that area of business coaching. And what I've noticed is that um, some of the same language comes up when we talk about things like critical thinking when we talk about um, root cause analysis, um, setting expectations, really kind of scoping the project. It's the same language. So some of these things are very reusable um, and we can learn from each other. And so that really excites me, too, is that it's not just for people in corporate America. It's also for people who are in small business, startup business, entrepreneurs, um there's just a lot of different uh avenues and we're having the same conversation so when one of us finds a solution hey why not put it out there and and you know let's all benefit from it so to speak and that, and that's what I'm excited absolutely. about
0: as well
2: yeah absolutely yeah the the and i think that's part of the challenge with business analysis in uh in industry wide, right? Not just, um, in one particular place in one organization, but in in the world, in the, the misconception or misinterpretation of what business analysis is, um, people tend to think that, oh, there's a role called business analyst and people within IT teams play that role. And this is the scope of their work. Um, but when it comes down to it, that, that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, there are people that do this full time, um, but to your point, I mean, it's the same same challenges. Whether you're on an IT project or you're trying to launch uh, a new product that you want to sell as an entrepreneur, you're having the same challenges. You have to get over the same humps. So it, it it applies to everybody.
1: Exactly, exactly. Now, in in your opinion, and and from an IT perspective and technology perspective, especially the space that uh, a lot of that is very growing for business analysis, what's the evolution that you've seen from, in your opinion? Um, I've got some of my opinions as well, so I'll jump in as, as well. But from the time you've gotten in the business, Um, How has it changed, and and, um, why why has it changed, in your opinion?
2: So from an evolution standpoint, do you mean from, like, people playing the role and where they go from there, or just, in general, the evolution of of analysis and how it's being used? So you see, I'm being a good analyst there, asking you more detailed questions.
1: Exactly, <laughs> clarification. I love it. <laughs> no, a- absolutely. But but from the one perspective, because we've got a mixed audience, especially for our our kickoff, um, to just kind of talk about the the role itself and how it came about, how it's it's changing. Because I know when I look back, you know, 15 years ago, um, if you Google the the role of business analysis it really was kind of, it was very much kind of this hybrid kind of all over the place um but with organizations like IIBA um it has evolved and the definition is becoming a little bit more concrete to some extent but i just want to know from when you started in business analysis how have you seen the the role change
2: all Right. well i think you know i started in the in this space in the mid late mid to late 90s and you know, at that time, the the common phrase used for business analysis was the bridge, right? It was taking the bridge between the business side of the house to um, the technical side of the house, because it was a big the big push in the 90s was a lot of the big ERP systems, um, at least what I was involved in was, you know, PeopleSoft and SAP, um, those big. Financial applications and HR applications uh, were were being implemented, but there was this disconnect from people, the the technology people that knew the technology inside and out, need, knew the programming languages and uh, the business from what they really needed and this conversation. So, you know, analysis was really more focused on translation um, to help, understand what the business needs, and then translate that to a technical solution team so that they can implement something. I think over the years, that has started to change for a number of reasons. One, and I don't like using the word bridge as much anymore because that's what it uh, gives the the sense of, of this, you know, this person getting information from one side of the bridge, walking over to the other side and giving it to the other person, and then going back you know, if that if the technical side had questions going walking back over the bridge, and that's just a long, arduous process. Well, I think you know, over the years, um, the people have a lot more technical knowledge, right? If everybody that's listening in, you know, looks two feet from them, they have technology all around them, right? Either, and they might even be listening to this via technology. So, non-technical people have technology all around them. So there, there's more of a an understanding in that space and i think over time the the technical people have have also tried hard to figure out what the you know real business needs are and focusing on and how to have more business conversations so i i've seen the analysis arena and and where i think it it could grow even more is kind of step up take a a level up from um the, the lower level conversations between the the business and technology, but take a, a step up and really looking at the strategy side of things and coming up and determining what should we even focus on to begin with. And then once we have a good understanding of what we should focus on and go after, um, allow you know the technologists to to work with the business to design something that best meets their needs. Is that what you were looking for?
1: Yeah, yeah, it it is, and and I I get your point about the the bridge as well, and you know the, a term that I find myself using a lot is facilitator. You know, it <laughs> I I think of requirements as like a team sport, and so people shouldn't look at just the business analyst is going to have all the answers or or even find all the answers. It's you know bringing the right people together. And helping stimulate the right conversations and steer the conversations in the right direction. But it's very much kind of a facilitation. But, and, and I think that's another reason why we wanted to open up the conversation is so that other people within the team, within the project can also fill out what their role is and how they support the BA and how as a team they come to the right uh problem definition as well as the, the right
2: solution. Yeah, the goal in analysis should be gaining a, a shared understanding with the whole team, right? I mean, I, I was on many projects um in years past where, you know, something would go wrong, and this was in the, the pure waterfall days. Um, you know, something would go wrong and someone would ask the QA analyst who was testing the solution, well you know what happened? You know why didn't you test X Y Z? And they're like, oh well, that wasn't in the requirements, and you know point back to to the BA. And so you're right; it is a it te- it always has been a team sport. I think with you know agile methodologies and agile principles that are getting um, that are ingrained in organizations today, um, kind of give the set up the environment where it's supposed to be a team sport, but it's always been. Uh, analysis and requirements has always been a team sport and the the better uh team players understand that the better um outcomes they're going to have for for their projects and for their businesses
1: exactly and and i want i want to speak to our audience this is a conversation we're talking with coop of b2t training he's the president of b2t training but this is also we want you to be a part of the the conversation maybe you agree disagree or maybe you have some additional insight but also you may have some questions as we talk about what a business analyst is uh what they do uh how the the role has evolved what industries are uh, the business analyst uh, operates in, and even maybe some questions about the future. So um, please dial in, 714-888-7506. I see several callers on the line. If you're queued up and and got your first question, just press 1, and we'll see you in our calling queue, and we will uh, open up your microphone so you can ask us a, a question. So, um, so, but as we're waiting for people to, uh, go ahead and think about their questions, and of course we've got some BAs on the line, so I know we're going to get some questions today. <laughs> um, continue to maybe a- expand upon, you know, we, we've talked about different things in the business analyst space. There's, um, a- again, it goes back to, it's not just about the IT business analyst. There's those, um, transferable skills. But talk to us and and what your thoughts are on what are the skills of a business analyst? When, when we talk about BA training, uh, you know, not everybody. Like I said, we've got a whole range of people on the call today. What are the skills of a good business analyst in today's world?
2: Well, I think you know, there's there's a school of thought that there's two two sides. I'm actually, and this is like hot off the presses that I'm thinking there's there might be three um but the there's two key two main sides of a ba there's the art side and the the more uh science side or technical side of the ba role um i really think there there might be three in the sense that there's like a social side um and that that talks to the artsy side but um you know one of the things that analysts have to do and i talked about it earlier that they have to um engage uh, people and they have to get a shared understanding. So things like negotiation skills, facilitation skills, the, you know, anthropology skills, really understanding environments and know what's going on with the people around them and know what drives them and understands them is important. Um, I think, you know, a key skill for for BAs is being a, a full-time networker and connecting with people day in, day out. Um, And the reason for that is if they, uh, well, I think people don't get paid these days as much for what they know, but they get paid for who they know, especially in the analysis space. Um, There's a lot of information that has to be gathered in a quick amount of time. And some BAs that get put onto projects, um, and even if you're not a BA, if you're the one that has to elicit and get the information, um, and analyze the situation that, that the organization is in or the initiative that you're focused on. You have to get a lot of information fast. And oftentimes, you're handed a list of people to get that information from. And you know, in the biz, it's called stakeholders. But if Often um, oftentimes, those aren't necessarily the, the right people. And if you don't have a good network in the organization that you're working in, then it's going to be hard for you to know any different, right? You almost know what you don't know. But if you're connected with a lot of people within the organization, you're going to be able to um, quickly assess, do I have the right people in the room to have this conversation? Um, and the only way to do that is to to get out of your desk and start having conversations you know, I often, when I do uh, talks, either via webinar or live, I like to throw out there, um, I ask a question like, how many of you eat lunch at your desk? And almost, you know, 80% eat lunch at their desk all the time or, you know, three to four times a week. And that's an indication that people aren't getting up and networking and having conversations with people in their organization, whether it's people they work with today or people they work with um you know that they might work with in the future. And um it, it this all plays into my goal in life, Jacqueline. I'm not sure you're aware of this, but I have a goal in life to meet everybody in the world. Um and that goal is the the whole premise is that I don't um uh, I never or who I'm going to make connections with. I try to connect with um People every day, every week, every month, and but I don't filter who I make connections with. Um, so, so I say my goal is to meet everybody. So if I meet one person, no matter who they are or where they are, that's a positive thing. And I, I think people sometimes feel like networking and connecting. They have to do it with people above them and try to impress them. And you know, they'll. Climb the company ladder, or be able to sell their products. Um, and I think you need to take that filter off and just connect with anyone. You never know where that relationship is going to take you. Um, so, so I was That's talking more about that um, that social side. Um, there are, you know, in the the more technical side, there's, you know, there are analysis techniques. So, you know, you talked about the IIBA, the International Institute of Business Analysis. There you know, they have a body of knowledge and there's other bodies of knowledge that are out there too. Like uh there's the Arca I think it's called the Bizbach is the Architect Guild um body of knowledge. There's, you know, the PIMBOC, which is PMIs. So there's all these bodies of knowledge that have skills or or techniques to to help with um to help you do the the job that you're after. Um so, you know, I'm not going to go through all those, but there are techniques that help, especially in the the BA Bach, that help you look at um, a situation. They're not um, deliverable techniques. They're more analysis techniques of how do you just start to decipher the information you have and figure out what's the right path to take. Um, I do believe um, people need to uh, look at the BA role as facilitating decisions. That's a big one for me these days is talking about this is that there's a ton of decisions on projects day in, day out. And you have to look at the role as facilitating decisions being made. So some of those decisions are what problem should we go after, right? So somebody in the organization is going to make those decisions. Well, you have to serve up information to them to be able to make the best decision. And that's being a good analyst is looking at uh, the current situation, understanding the criteria somebody uses to make decisions, and then giving them that information so that they can best uh, prioritize for the organization. There's, you know, when you get all the way down into the solution, your developers have to make a, a decision of what's the best way to design this thing. Um, and You know, all that analysis work you do and the reason you use all those techniques in IBA, BA Bach is to to serve up information in a way that your developers can make good decisions. And QA analysts need to prioritize what they should test, Um, uh, what should they test first, what should they test in general. Um, So if you look at the role as uh, facilitating decisions, it starts to put things in perspective for you. I thought I'd stop exactly. there and let you react before I keep going.
1: No, no, I, I'm I'm just soaking it all in, and I totally uh, agree with you. I've got some follow-up questions, but I want you to go ahead and get to that third aspect there.
2: Okay, yeah. Well, I'm not I'm not sure necessarily what that. You know, I I look at that third aspect as the the analytical kind of critical thinker side, right? And, and I think people because there's the the social side of looking at things um and being that connector, getting people engaged, figuring out you know why some people are excited about an initiative that others aren't, and getting them involved, and you know showing that empathetic lens that you you care about them and you really want to help them and improve wherever they're trying to go, whatever the situation is um And then people look at the science side as more of the the techniques that you can use. But I think there's – in between all of that is the critical thinking analysis. There's like using your head to figure out what's happening here, right? So like a simple thing is – and this is where – this goes back to my my STEM background and I think where it ties in. Like I can look at a survey. So we're a learning organization. We provide – business analysis classes for organizations and individuals and we always have post-class surveys and you're aware of those Jacqueline right so we ask sure. people to rate the class and rate the instructor and the course material and um, look at you know how is the how is the class going to help you in the future with your job all these questions that we asked well you know I can summarize you know summarize them for a class but then we summarize them for companies and sometimes for an overall course that's taken by different companies um and i could look at a survey right um so in that case there is there's a social side to it there's how can we um interact with the the people that we teach and how can we make them feel good and you know so getting surveys and getting that information from them is part of the social side the technical side is Okay, we're gonna do it via survey and we're gonna use SurveyMonkey or whatever survey tool. But then there's the analytical side of, okay, what does all this stuff mean, right? So, um, and I feel like with my STEM background, I can look at a survey and start to quickly make some hypothesis um, around what went well, what didn't go so well, and where we can improve. And that's the same thing, I think, with um, in the analysis field. Um, You have to have the social side. You have to know the techniques to even play in the game, right? You have to know these techniques because that's what organizations use in a a day-to-day situation. But then this critical thinking, analytical side of, okay, what does it all mean? And what do we do now, right? And serving up suggestions to the organization to say, I think, you know, here are some options that you should take. I think that's the third side, right? So it's um, it's not just, uh, an, you know, arts and science. It's these, these three pieces. Does that make sense? I mean, does that resonate with you?
1: It it, it does. And, and, you know, one of the other things that we, we talk about, too, is because with some people, they're looking at this and, and they're thinking that they don't maybe have, you know, get involved or engage in that critical thinking piece But that's part of a a evolution in in education that I think uh, that needs to to go on. And sometimes you've got to be the the person to to start that education within your organization, because I think that um, in the business analyst realm, we've kind of have that strategic versus that tactical, and we've talked about Mm -hmm. that. And when you're the, the layer probably below the tactical is the order taker. So what we want to do is elevate everybody beyond the order taker to at least the tactical in in this conversation and then if you find yourself in the the tactical where you're getting the projects you're getting the the pieces and you're kind of just giving your assignment and say well just focus on this then what you want to do is, or you may not be feeling, is that you're providing that value add where you're actually providing true analysis, making real recommendations, you know, um, being a consultant, an internal consultant, so to speak. And when, the, right. when you start feeling that you're in that role, which, like you said, is kind of that um, where you're helping them make better decisions or serving them information in a way that they can make better decisions, then you start feeling like you're a strategic Business analyst, you're you an internal consultant, and I think people uh, and hopefully some people on the, the call even are saying, aha, that's the the missing link. I got into this because I wanted to be that consultant, that advisor, and to help with the the solutioning. But as I look at it today, I'm either somewhere around order taker and maybe uh, or maybe somewhere around technical, and now I want to mature and mature not only your skill set. Because um, you can do that through, you know, the different training and education, but you also got to bring along your organization to kind of see the value that you can provide, and 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 sometimes that that that's where I think a lot of our hour-long conversations have come about is right. people knowing and and getting there.
2: Yeah, and we, you know, you brought up a good point around, you know, educating, and, and maybe educating is a better term. I I like to use like being a marketer and a salesperson. And sometimes, you know, I get these odd looks when I say your job needs to be, you need to be in the sales profession, right? Because uh, especially with organizations that don't see the value in analysis and don't understand, um, sometimes it's not that they don't see the value. They don't understand the time sometimes that it takes um, because they look at it as, oh, you're a good communicator. You can go have a meeting. And you can facilitate a conversation and then just, you know, put it, put the information in, you know, one or more of these techniques that you have available. Um, but what they're not seeing is the the thinking part, the analysis part of, you know, throwing it in different formats. And, you know, where with as an organization, B2T training, we're actually going through um, some system enhancements. So we're getting a new class management system and a new CRM system. And we had to go through that piece too. And it took us a little while, you know, it wasn't as simple as just, Oh, just go out and buy a system. Right. Um, there was, we did some analysis and had conversations, but then I had to throw things in to multiple, I used different techniques to make sure we weren't missing anything. Um, and that, that's the piece that, that to me is the critical thinking piece. Um, and way above what you were talking about being a note taker or the tactical BA, I, I think sometimes that the note taker tactical BA just has the conversation, puts it in um, some form, and then moves on to the next thing, right? And misses that that thinking piece. And it, it's a hard yeah. thing to to convince people, right? I mean, it's a hard thing to convince people that you need time. To, to think, and and some people think, oh well, thinking. And this, I think, we had this conversation, right? Thinking is just you sitting at your desk with your feet up, and you know, you're looking out the window. Um, well, there is some of that. I do think, you know, I think some of my best ideas uh, come to me when I'm, you know, uh, in the shower or brushing my teeth or driving to work or, you know, doing something completely different. And I wrote a blog uh, a few months ago called the VA role is not a nine to five job and you have to, um, and I got some slack for that too. Cause people are like, Oh, the, you know, this is just companies taking advantage of us and making us work, you know, more hours. And that, that wasn't what I was saying. My, my point is, um, time, you know, every awake hour, you have to let your mind, uh, like don't shut off, work-type stuff, because in the subconscious, things are working, and they're going to pop up into your forethought, and you need to to let that happen and at least pause what you're doing when you can and, and jot it down, right? Um, I mean, one of the things, I just got a Samsung Note 5, and the beauty of that, it's got a little pen. So, you know, when one of these thoughts hits me, I'll just pop it out and write myself a quick little note so I don't forget it and get back to... You know what i'm whatever I'm doing with my wife or or kids or whatever it is um but it it's not a you know when you leave the office at five o'clock, you can't let that just shut off because um these ideas just hit and i you know I'm thinking I was like, how did I even get to that point so I'm sorry if I went off on a tangent there.
1: No, no, and and, and I think it, it was all tied in. We were having the conversation uh, about getting from just being that order taker, tactical, to being that strategic. And it's
0: mm-hmm. part of
1: that is stepping back and having time to think, um, not just be going from meeting to meeting to meeting and having to capture things right. and put them in templates. You know, you you you're busy. You know, and that's one of the things is that sometimes. It feels like organizations want to see you being really busy throughout right. the day, yeah. and maybe that thinking looks like you're you're idle. But at some time, at some point, your mind needs that that opportunity. And you know, we we did a presentation where we talked about you know having opportunity to to use different thinking styles to think outside of the box and. You know, one of the analogies that I think is so important when we talk about not just skimming the surface of the problem uh, is that that iceberg picture, and I've seen it reused in a lot of different forms and fashions. But if you just are chipping away at the tip of the iceberg, the real the you know the real deep rooted deep seated problems, and some of them to your point are part social, maybe organization and maybe process. it could be a lot of different things, but if everyone's just wanting to just look at what's at above the surface and not do a a true uh you know root cause, look at things um then you find yourself spinning over and over. Um, but right. they, all that said, let me let me let me pause because we're on a roll. This is this is what we yeah, this how is this show exactly uh, came about. Because yeah. yeah. you and I, <laughs> we can take a word and we can cue off of each other, and they're great discussions. But I also want to remember we've got a lot of people on the phone with us, and want to thank you for joining us on our kickoff of our business analysis insight. So, and as we said, this is about live Q&A, so we are, we do want questions if you agree, disagree, but I want to say hello. We've got area code 201 out there. We've got area code 919. We've got area code two oh six six one zero is with us, and also, of course, 404 is with us. So we've got callers on the line now. um, I don't see any hands raised at this time. All you have to do is press 1 if you would like to uh, ask us a question live or if you have a comment or even have a story relating to what we're we're talking about but it's really uh, a open conversation and uh, I've got Coop the president of B2C training and while I'm I'm taking the, a bit of this pause and give you an opportunity to think about your questions let me share with you a little bit more about B2T Training, who is hosting today and is our, our partner and sponsor of today's show. So stay with me uh, and as I play this so you can hear a little bit more about B2T This episode
3: is sponsored by and features b2ttraining.com. B2T Training has trained and equipped almost 15,000 of the most successful and high-performing practitioners of business analysis since the year 2000, Our courses are developed and taught by the most respected and highest qualified experts in the industry. We know that transforming the way you and your team perform business analysis is not a one-size-fits-all approach. And we understand that your business analysis practice has unique problems and deserves a unique program offering. Using our holistic approach, we will identify the pain points that will result in the best opportunity for your team or organization to realize the change they're trying to achieve. Change begins with knowledge and skills. Our learning events also include ongoing enrichment and reflective activities that provide students the boost they need to sustain their learning and competency. In other words, we make it stick. Get your business analysis training from the most respected and highest qualified source of experts in the industry. Find out more about our public class offerings in various U.S. locations or call to speak with one of our training solution sales associates toll-free at 866-675-2125. Follow us on social media and visit www.b2ttraining.com. That's B, the number, 2, T, training.com and see our full course outlines, blog and free downloadable resources. We get it. We'll help you get it too.
1: And we're back. So again, it's V2T training and we're speaking with Coop. So Coop, I still I don't have any uh hands up for this episode, but um I want everyone to marinate and know that we will be doing this as a continuing series to talk about business analysis. And, and so let me uh, come back to you, Coop, and see, did I, I didn't mean to, you might have had a thought that you had queued up that you wanted to uh, get back to?
2: No, no, there wasn't anything specific. Um, I do, you know, make sure everybody knows online that I don't bite, at least during this podcast. <laughs> so uh, feel free to chime in. And, you know, I I say this a lot when I do um, do different talks and webinars that you know i love twitter because i think twitter is a a great way to to share information and get information on a daily basis i think we should you know one of the skills that vas need to have and everybody should have is being lifelong learners and you know listening to podcasts like this and trying to find ways to to learn constantly and i think twitter is a great way to do that because you can get information in whatever subject you're looking for uh, at any time um and so I'll tell people when I'm doing my talk please feel free to to tweet anything that you uh hear that you love and agree with tell all your friends but if you hear something that you disagree with just keep it to yourself. And you know I'll <laughs> get a little chuckle but but the my I I kid because I, I'd rather you actually post things that you don't agree with because I think that's how we learn right by having good conversations by debating back and forth and you and I Jacqueline when we have these conversations we don't necessarily agree on every single topic, um, and I think that's the beauty of it is – and that's how you and I get to grow. Um, so I hope people you know, feel free to, to share information, agree, disagree, um, chime in with a, a different kind of thought because that's how we're going to grow and, and get better at all this stuff
1: absolutely absolutely and if if uh today's show is an hour long, and if we don't get anyone to talk to us online uh we are both on uh twitter um you can reach uh, and reach out to coop and follow coop uh, that's at sign k u p e and for myself, I am the requirements pro. Uh, so you can also reach out to me on Twitter as well. Uh, so we want to keep the conversation going. We even want to know what other topics that you'd like us to hit on or expand on. Um, and we'll even expand um, and have some other guests on the show uh, with Coop and I. Uh, so there's a lot of space. And that's one of the things that I wanted to circle back to as well. And you hit it, Coop, um as you were talking, to, is that in the business analyst space, I know for myself, we always are continuously trying to learn, learn new ways, uh, new skills. You know, we have to understand the industry. It's constantly in motion. You know, that's the way of technology, the space that we're in uh, today. But, you know, it's just a continuous learning process. And then we're just always learning and evolving. And, and for some people right. and those who really are attracted to business analysis, that's the fun of it. That's the, the beauty of it. But what's your your take of, you know, for those people that, you know, really are attracted to business analysis and, and why that continuous education is a, a, a key component of that?
2: Uh, I think that there's two things. I think, you know, no – First, like, no situation is the same. So I'll go into to my soapbox about um, best practices and how how I don't necessarily love that term. Um, I think there's, you know, in, in our field, like other fields, there's, you know, companies want to feel like they're doing best practices. And I think in some situations that makes sense, but in the – especially in the software development field, there's not a lot of situations that are same. So the practice that is being claimed to be the best practice was best in a certain context. Um, so you have to take that with a grain of salt and figure out how you can take the good pieces or pieces that make sense for your situation. So when it comes to to learning, like there's so many techniques, there's so many things um, that you can focus on. Um, that, you know, depending on your situation, you need to have this huge toolbox. And a lot of people in the industry talk about that, right? Having this large toolbox. So you know, when you come up to a situation, you have a lot of things to pull from to to try. Um, And so if you're not constantly learning, then your toolbox is going to get stale. Um, And you can't, you won't have all the right tools ready for you. And so if you're, if you're not constantly learning, there's new things that pop up day in, day out, and, and they might not be completely new, but they might have different twists on them. So uh, you have to keep your ears and eyes open, and be you know keep your mind open to allow that stuff to come in, so that when a situation pops up, you're like, "Ooh, I remember reading about that. Let me go find out more, and maybe we can use that situation um, in the context that we're in." the the other area comes down to experimentation um, and being able to almost being able to learn from what you're doing so um, and being open to to trying different things and you know part of my background, Jacqueline, when I was I didn't mention this earlier, but I you know when I was in that phase of being bored to tears being an accountant and prior to becoming a BA, I felt I had to do something to to keep myself occupied, and um, I ended up doing stand-up comedy because uh, I went to a comedy show with my girlfriend, now wife, um, and I made the comment like, "Oh, I could do that," um, and she said, "All right, so why don't you?" Uh, so the the challenge was was down. So I went on to I tried to stand up some open mics. I didn't do I kind of had the same results as the CPA exam, didn't do so well there either. But I did audition for an improv troupe, an improv comedy troupe, and I was trained up and performed improv for over nine years in Atlanta. Um, And that's a space that got me comfortable with taking risks. Um, Improv is all about risk-taking. You don't know what the audience is going to throw at you. You don't know what the other actors are going to throw at you. There's no scripts. So you have to go for things and you have to try things. And if it works great, if it doesn't, why didn't it work and try something different to, to improve. And I think that's a, a level of learning. Um, and so if you're not constantly listening and open to, um, to learning, then you can really cut yourself short and have this idea of, well, I know everything already. Um, Uh, that that's never true the other the other aspect of learning and this might seem odd but you know I think it happened with the the agile movement I think it's happening now like the design thinking movement is kind of big I'm actually thinking of a blog called design thinking is the the new agile kind of like orange is the new black that kind of thought process uh, so design thinking is hot. A lot of the techniques in design thinking are business analysis techniques. Um, and I think people like shoot themselves if they don't start to learn the new terminology that's part of these these movements, for lack of a better word. Um, and people get this attitude of like, oh, you know, I've been doing that for years. I call it this. And, you know, I'm not changing to what the agilists are calling it or I'm not changing what I call this to what the design thinking movement is called, calling it. Um, and if you don't do that, the problem is you might have been calling it one thing all along, but the the people that are hiring you and the people that are looking for your services are calling it something different. So if you're not up to speed on this new terminology, then you can really shoot yourself in the foot. And I think it's important. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a good thing, right? I mean, it's good that you you already know the stuff, um but just change your, your terminology and how you talk about it.
1: Right. And and one of the things uh, to to add to that is like you said, staying up with the even the, the terminology and the jargon uh, because you don't want to come up with the attitude that you know it all, been there, done that. Because there's always a little different twist to it as well. So it also even exactly. can speak to some of your openness to it. But I'm gonna, I've got some callers on the the line, and uh, so uh-huh. y- with with ten minutes to spare. But nonetheless, we are happy, <laughs> okay. um, and we'll take them any time. So let me talk uh, first with uh, area code six one zero. Um, I'm going to open up your microphone. Your mic is open. Um, who do we have on the line?
3: Hi, my name is Dawn Miller. Can you hear me? Do we have someone
2: I on the line? I can hear you, line Dawn.
3: Area
1: code
2: Yeah, I just turned Dawn. You might
3: be on Dawn. mute. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm having problems with my headset, so I just took it off and I'm on my handset. Is that better?
1: That is great. We hear you loud and clear.
3: Okay. Um, so thank you for hosting this. This is great. This is the first time I've joined one of your podcasts. Um, I'm a fairly new analyst, less than one year. And my question is, is there a suggestion or recommendation for some preliminary classes, some classes that I should kind of start out with, um, particularly surrounding requirements, I think would be key for me?
2: All right. Um, Yeah, I have. So new analysts, it's – and if you're new to the the field in general and – and I'll just say, that not knowing you that well, other than this quick conversation, Don. Um, um, you know, the the areas to to look in are elicitation. Um, I think figuring out what questions to ask and how you form questions and and understand and how to look at your situation and know who to ask those questions to. So, around elicitation is is key. Um, the other area that uh, you might not be as deeply involved in, but you have to understand is the overall scoping of your situation. So how do you know, like, what are the boundaries of the the initiative that you're working on? And and what that does is by understanding those boundaries, it starts to formulate um, and give you the framework for what information you have to, to gather. Um, and then... Um, then from there it's kind of looking at some different analysis techniques depending on your organization and what um some of the techniques that are used that you might um have to be familiar with but i think you know that's that's a really good starting point because that will give you a full breadth of the role and some depth into some areas um that will then give you a good starting point then you'll you'll know what you don't know and have to focus more on sometimes focusing on one particular area could hurt you because um it'll get you into a situation where you know you have a hammer and then every situation you're trying to to find that hammer but starting out that's kind of where i would look
3: yep okay thank you
1: thank you oh and by the way um who are we speaking with and where are you located
3: uh, my name is Dawn Miller, and I'm located in Pennsylvania, Valley Forge specifically. Excellent. Well, thank
1: you for calling. Thank you for participating in today's show. Sure. Thank you. And, Coop, I have another caller on the line who has a question for us. Uh, this is uh, our Lisa. Alisa, how are you today? I'm great. How are you all today? Excellent. We are doing excellent.
0: Great, Thank you for great. calling
1: into the show. Do you have a question?
0: I do. I have a question. Um I I, I might have missed um the actual um the, the the actual talk, the actual entire talk that that Kirk that uh that he was giving earlier about um whether or not business analysis is actually um an actual full-time position now or if it's a full-time function so i was hoping that coop could expand a little bit more on that and the reason why i'm asking the question of course is because i've been a practitioner for a number of years now which is and and um uh, i've been working in an agile type of um organization a large organization and and i've actually seen that from a business analysis uh perspective it's become more of a function that a lot Mm -hmm. of people take on versus it being a full-time position. But I wasn't quite sure exactly, um, if that, if that's what you were mentioning earlier. And, uh, if you could talk a little bit more about that, um, I'd really appreciate it. And, and is it, um, is it, is it that you're seeing also that it's more of a function more so than a full-time position as well? So if you could speak a little bit more about that. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Great. That it's a great question. Great topic. Um, So I'll give you my my view. I believe in the next four to five years um, and the years is not necessarily the um, the important part, but I think the business analyst title is going to go away Um, because I do see it more uh, going towards a function. I like how you use that word a function. Um, Some people call it a role. I've even used the role, but function is actually better. It's a function that teams need to have. Uh, And I see less and less teams needing a full-time business analyst with someone with that title business analyst that multiple people can take on different pieces. I think teams need to look at themselves and say, okay, what do we need on this team? Um, Who has the capabilities? What capabilities do we need as a team to be successful? Who has those capabilities and let's jump in and start doing it. Um, So years ago, I, you know, pre-Agile, when I was managing teams as a project manager, I would, you know, I would get assigned a team and I would, you know, we'd get in a room, understand the scope of the project and then say, okay, how do we get from where we are today to meet the goals of the project? And we would lay out all these tasks and then it was like, okay, who can do these tasks? And it did, you know, the, these are the days of titles of project manager, BA, QA, developer, et cetera. Um, so you know, 80%, 90% of those tasks, uh, like BA tasks, went to the BA. Um, but there were 10% that would go to other people based on time and skill set. And I think over the years, it's going to start to get more um, more into a, a place where more people are doing analysis type work. And I think long term, people are going to have to have. Uh, they should look at especially in the IT space, the the first thing they should look at is, do they like being on IT teams and working on IT projects? And if that's the case, that's good. Now, what they might bring to the team is that analysis skill set. And you might continue to grab those analysis pieces, but you have to be open to do other things. So I think over time, people will become more hybrids. And uh, Kent McDonald, who's one of the uh, people that I, I do a lot of work with, and, and we talk. I forgot the term he uses, but it, I don't think there's going to be just pure general, generalists. I think it's like specialist generalists. Like, you'll be an overall generalist, but then have two or three specialties um, that you can add to the to the mix, and that might not just be business analysis. Um, and, and what I liken it to, to is I work on a um and I know we're are we out of time, Jacqueline? Do we have to end the show or we
1: are we are winding down. We've made our hour mark. Uh but
2: okay. feel free to go ahead
1: and finish up your last comments and then um okay. like I said, people stay tuned for uh follow up conversations. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, so I'm on this uh uh a volunteer organization and in that uh in this team that I'm on none of us have a title, but there's things that we have to get done, and people just step up and take tasks off the wall, um, and and they get help where they need it, and we all bring kind of experience to the table, but none of us have a title for one thing, and many of us do, are doing different things that we don't typically do in our normal job, so uh, I think that's kind of the way teams are going to go, um, but teams still have to realize that, this function is necessary. And I think that early in the agile days, people were like, we don't need business analysts. We just need to have conversations with, the, you know, the product owner or the business. Um, but analysis still happens day in and day out, regardless of what people think. So um, so I just, to go to that, I think it's over time, it's more of a, uh, a function that teams need than uh, somebody with the title B.A.,
1: Excellent, well, well, we're ending on a uh on a hot topic here um, yeah, I definitely awesome. would like to dive more into it. Thank <laughs> you alisa uh from Atlanta <laughs> for uh for bringing that topic up and that is a great segue. We're gonna end today's episode. Thank you, everyone for joining. uh We've got several area codes here with us. We want to thank you and say again, follow us on Twitter. Coop, uh, Kup, just K U P E. You can follow Coop and myself, Requirements Pro, and continue to dial in to Technology Expresso and check out our archives as well of all our various guests. But look forward to the new, latest, and greatest dates as Coop and I continue this series um, on the insight to business analysis, uh, live Q and A. And with that, we just like to thank you all uh, for today's kickoff and uh, being a part of the show. Thank you, Coop, and uh look forward to our next
2: chat. Thank you, everyone. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Have a great one.
4: You have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our podcasts, social media handles, and upcoming shows, visit our web portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. Join our text club and get monthly alerts of upcoming events and initiatives. Text the phrase, full seam ahead to 41411. Financial support and donations of any denominations are welcome. Your contributions help us sustain and reach undeserved communities who benefit from the many programs, role models, and technologists that we showcase. Thanks to our sponsors, partners, and thank you, our listeners. And remember, we encourage you to listen, learn, leverage, launch. Music mm-hmm.